It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode number 91 of Bleeding Blue. And once again, the New York football giants lose in such a sad, 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 depressing, depressing fashion. This time by a score of 34 to 27 against the lowly, lowly New York Jets. This is a this is the lowest of lows. Uh, this is really the lowest of lows. Thank God we have a bye week, and uh, David and I are here to talk all about it. Without further ado, let's bleed blue. boy before we do anything okay i want i want this this to get picked up by the mic did you get that was that a beer that was a beer that's what i need i need a lot of those need it need some need some brewskis on this nice little sunday evening we got going on right now yep absolutely yeah so uh so you have your beer um i can imagine maybe you're a little bit more calm why why would why would you imagine that I mean, because sometimes beers and brewskis, they can help you, you know, calm the nerve or not nerves, but just, you know, ease the tension. Calm the emotion. Yes. Uh, It's going to take a hell of a lot more than that. How Um, about a week off from football? I'm thinking horse tranquilizer personally. Mm. Mm. But that, and that's just me. Um, What what kind of beer, by the way? Oh, that's the worst part. It's just a Bud Light. Oh. That's the worst part. It's really not even... Not even what I want. It's just it's just there. Are you a, are you a big fan of like locally brewed stuff? I yeah. am. I am. Big, big fan. fan. Yeah. All right. So besides besides having a brewski, uh, where's your headspace at right now, David? Couldn't be more negative. Wow. Really couldn't uh, because I don't think probably a lot of people who listen to the podcast even know this. But to make matters even worse, Justin, you know that I am a very very passionate diehard St. Joseph's basketball fan. Uh, St. Joseph's being where Justin currently goes to college and I, and I graduated from. Um, diehard fan, and they played at 2 o'clock, and I got to watch them wow. lose as well. Double whammy. We're in a great spot. We're doing great. Really a double whammy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely mm. double whammy. And I think all three of my best fantasy teams are losing right now. Maybe. Maybe one is winning. I'm wow. not sure. Uh, my, my headspace is... I'm just, I'm sad. Like it's, I've honestly, I've gotten numb to this kind of just feeling of just nothingness, <laughs> you know, and it's crazy that the New York football giants are a Matt Gay 35 yard miss field goal away from only having one win and not to just totally just go back on that. But, you know, when you reflect on the season, 
that you know we are we are luck and chance away from being you know worse than the New York Jets right now and worse than the Miami Dolphins that that really puts it into perspective thank god for the Bengals David, let's just let's just go through this football game because I think we were we were just talking before, and I thought it was a good conversation. It was good stuff. David, you have a brewski in your hand. You're a little bit more calm now. I'm just sad and depressed. You may get a little yelling and anxious and angry. I don't know if I'm going to get there. Um, we'll see. We'll see in some regards. But David, this is this is what I want to this is what I want to start off on. Things that stick out in my head right away, and we're going to go through basically the drive summary, the drive chart. And then conversations will break off from there. Defense, once again, uh, gets plagued by slow starts. Plagued, plagued, plagued by, so, by slow starts. That, you know, it's, it's amazing how many times the Giants have deferred, you know, getting, getting the ball this year, slash have not gotten the ball first, and they've relied on their defense getting off to a fast start. And I can't tell you how many games this year have the Giants allowed a touchdown within the first two drives of the game. Uh, it, it's it's absolutely incredible. And then how many times do the Giants' defense from that point on actually have a good stretch of drives? It's it's honestly it's honestly incredible. So first drive of the game, 13 plays, 71 yards. Uh, basically, a common theme throughout the game is Le'Veon Bell, Bilal Powell, uh, Jets, Jets' offense, they can't run the ball. So Sam Darnold has basically taken over the game in a Jets offense that averaged uh, 13 points per game with Sam Darnold. They found a way to score 14 points within the first quarter without the Giants even putting seven points on the board. So then the Giants get the ball back, three plays and a punt, uh, minus 10 yards. It's probably because we took a sack, which, yes, Daniel Jones did get sacked. Um, that, That was actually the play where Jamal Adams forced a fumble, but Saquon Barkley actually recovered it. And Saquon Barkley and Jamal Adams, uh, Jamal Adams kicking Saquon Barkley's ass and pass protection um, is a common theme uh, throughout this football game. So get ready for that conversation. Jets get the ball back, nine plays, 50 yards, and it's touchdown. So the, basically that Jamison Crowder play, it's uh, crossing routes were also a common theme today where Jamison Crowder and Demarius Thomas both got very big plays throughout the entire day getting crossing routes. And guess what? That's nothing new. Um, that is nothing new that this Giants defense uh falters under and falters for these crossing routes and allowing these big plays that way. Middle of the field. Middle of the field, nothing new that this is a huge weakness from this Giants team, from their interior linebackers, from Antoine Bethea. Brill Peppers was actually active throughout the entire first half and throughout the entire game, particularly the first half. So, David, before we actually get to the Giants scoring a touchdown to cap off the first quarter, I believe heading into the second quarter, is there anything you want to talk about? Anything you want to address? Yeah, I mean, I think you, I, I think you, you made some good points. And look, I know I've been a big, I've, I've been a big defender of the Giants' defense. I get that, and I got to take my lumps when they don't play well. They did not play well today, and I'm not about to sit here and tell you they did. But when your defense allows the Jets to go on a 70 play drive and take up seven seven minutes and 39 seconds on the opening drive, as an, as an offense, you cannot compound that by going three plays negative 10 for under two minutes. You can't have your drive start at the 18 and end up punting from end up punting from about the 10. You just you you just you can't do it. I understand the Giants defense didn't play well and it's a common theme that they get off to these slow slow starts that puts the entire team behind the eight ball really before they've even begun to swing. I understand that, but 
at some point, the offense has to help the defense. The offense has not one time this season helped the defense. But the defense gets the majority of the blame because, yes, they start off really, really slow. Every once in a while, every single team in the NFL has a defense that starts off the game slowly, but a lot of offenses are able to make that 7-0 seven, seven early on at least a 7-3. But this is not a, it's not just about the defense just allowing, allowing scoring drive after scoring drive. At some point, we also have to say the offense needs to be able to do something to help out a struggling defense until they're not struggling anymore. It's that kind of reckless analysis of a game that leads us to poor roster moves and the wrong guys getting fired, and that that's what gets you in trouble is when you focus on one part and not the entire whole, and the entire whole says this is still a two-part blame. And I'm oh, absolutely. and we'll get further into why I think the offense really screwed the Giants in, in a couple of drives. I'm going to disagree with you because I actually think that, I mean, for <laughs> this Jets team is not good. No. So <laughs> this Jets team all around is not good. This Giants team is all around very much not very good. But I think the offense helped out the team as a whole much, 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 much more today than they have in weeks past. I thought Daniel, there was a stretch, and we're about to get to that stretch where Daniel Jones and this Giants offense looked. Very, very good. And the defense helped them out as well. And the offense helped out the defense by putting them in positive scenarios where you're basically, you're not allowing the offense to get into good situations by allowing good field position. So let's uh, let's look at that sack first. I want to look at that sack, that Jamal Adams sack, um, and then also how Daniel Jones fumbled it and Saquon Barkley picked it up. It's a very strange, strange and weird and unusual play. David, Saquon Barkley is becoming a problem. Not just in pass protection, but sometimes in, even in his ability of just running the football, he's not seeing the hole. And even looking at this minus twelve, this uh, this twelve yard sack that Daniel Jones took in the Giants' first drive, Nate Solder once again just one on one gets beat. Now, eventually, Nate Solder does leave the game, so you, you're left with an offensive line left to right that looks like Eric Smith, Will Hernandez, Spencer Pulley, Kevin Zeitler, and Nick Gates. Which, <laughs> not ideal. Not ideal. That, that's something that you and I in the preseason, uh, we mentioned as being something we were worried about was offensive line depth. And it really hasn't, it has not reared its ugly yeah, head this was until the first, this, this was This was the Boy. first game that we had all season where we had a different starting five combination. And we were one of, what, maybe five teams in the NFL that didn't have a different starting offensive line combination. And unfortunately, it reared its ugly head today where I don't even think Nick Gates might have even, I don't even think he played half bad because it was Solder when he was getting beat, Eric Smith when he was getting beat, and Saquon Barkley, the fact that he just cannot pick up guys in pass protection. Now, Brett Wiley, who is a Bleeding Blue contributor and a ultra big-time Penn State fan, he was we, he was talking in our in our bleeding blue group chat saying Saquon Barkley is not this bad in pass protection. And David, I even remember last year this was not a problem. Well, Justin, I I think you're putting you're putting you and I in a very tough spot here because last week you ranted and raved about how we can't talk about Saquon. We're not allowed to talk right. about Saquon Barkley not being healthy. 
the point is he's not he's not healthy and and we know this and that's why I said last week I think at this point it's time to shut him down because and and I understood your frustration with people who say you know who who you were frustrated with people who got on you for for quote unquote playing doctor and I'm not saying you were but that's what people were saying you were doing but at this point you're right he's not this bad of a pass blocker he's not this bad he's not the, he's a bad running back right now in in essentially every facet of the game let's say let's call it what it is but you and I both know he's not a bad running back but when you get run over by a safety and pass protection that's not we know Saquon Barkley's not incapable of pass protecting. I'm watching him, and it just looks to me like a guy who cannot generate any power from his lower half. And he's a guy who generates all of his power from his lower half. So, yes, he's not this bad. As, he's not this bad as a pass protector. I think there are there there were a couple of plays today where there were holes to be hit, and he just isn't hitting them. And it's not, it, this is not like a Trent Richardson where he just doesn't know where to look. You know, Saquon Barkley had not just suddenly become unable to run the football and be a productive running back in the NFL. He just can't do it right now. And, and I, and, you know, I give a little respect to you, Justin. You called out a while ago. He should have come I back. Didn't, He's now, not when ready. he actually, now, actually not, did come back after the four weeks and he was looking like he was Superman again. I was like, okay, fine. If he's ready to come back, he's ready to come back. But why do the Giants have these tendencies to... I have to go back to the example of training camp. Sterling Shepard breaks his thumb. He's catching a football one week after he breaks his thumb. In the middle of preseason. No, it wasn't even preseason. It was fucking training camp. Preseason games weren't even being played yet. Sterling Shepard gets gets concussed twice. He comes back to practice after missing one game after getting his second concussion. And if it wasn't for Sterling Shepard actually saying something, saying, I'm still fucked up, he probably would have played. Saquon Barkley recommended time frame for a high ankle sprain, four to eight weeks, misses four. And a high ankle sprain is not just a regular ankle sprain, as, as we all know. But yet again, I'm not a doctor, so I guess I can't speak on behalf of this. But now, now everyone's like, shut Saquon down. This team is a reactive team. And it goes from how they fucking coach yeah. the game, how they game plan the game, how they game plan around the game, to how they, I guess, approach their players when it comes to their health. They are reactive and not proactive. That is what frustrates me about this whole Saquon Barkley situation. I mean, because I guess if he's healthy, and he's healthy enough to play, then you play him. If he's not, then he shouldn't be playing. And it's, it should be that simple, but I cannot trust this Giants training staff and this coaching staff because they've showed the tendency to rush guys back from injury when they shouldn't be rushed. And there's absolutely no need to be rushed. All that makes sense. So my ultimate point is just for people who are panicking about Saquon Barkley being in, like, a, like you said, he's a problem. Liability. I think Liability he is. He is. He's a liability, but he's a liability for a reason. He did not suddenly forget how to play the game of football. He, he did not suddenly become a bad football player. He is just not capable of being a good football player right now, which means he needs, he needs to be done. And at this point, you're sitting at 2-8. and eight. There's no better – coming into a bye week, there's no better time in the present. You're fine. Sure, give him a week. See, right. how he, see how he feels. I have to imagine he's not lying to the training staff about how he feels. 
So, because I would also, I would venture to say the last couple of weeks from Detroit on, he's looking worse and worse. He's look, he's looking like a like a larger. Didn't and larger he say shell of to the Monday Night Football crew that he wasn't one hundred percent? He did say that. Which I mean, granted, who is one hundred percent at this point of the season? Right. Right. You know, you've played you've played ten football games without having a, and now you finally have your bye week. Who isn't one hundred percent? But come on. Now, David, this isn't to also just say this is all on Barkley and he's not hitting on holes. The problem within this Giants team is not just within one asset and one facet and one aspect. How do you like all those words that sound similar that kind of mean the same thing? That was but great. That was really nice. This all this offensive line today in particular not good. It was bad. <laughs> they were bad. When you're when you're missing your starting left tackle that wasn't that good to begin with. When you're missing your starting center, who wasn't that good to begin with, and the Spencer Pulley, uh, Spencer Pulley today did not work out great. He was very bad. And then also, you're missing your right tackle, who actually has been okay to solid. That's a bad recipe for disaster against a very good run defense. A very good run defense. So this is where I want to move forward to, David. I want to continue looking at the drive chart. I want to continue looking at the game. So basically, the Giants get the ball back. They're down 14 nothing. You're thinking this is a bad time, bad game, blah, 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 blah. Daniel Jones, on. can we also point out how Daniel Jones absolutely saved this football team today? How many third and longs did the Giants get throughout the entire day? Daniel Jones was fantastic today. Make no mistake about it. You know, this is another, this, this game, uh, Detroit Lions game, uh, and then, you know, obviously the Tampa game early on, probably his three best performances of the year. And he had no help really from any direction today. It was essentially him, Darius Slayton and Golden Tate. That was the football team today. So this is another really big step forward in Daniel Jones's maturation. I understand uh, we're we're worried about the ball security, but I'll take I'll I'll take the lumps right now with ball security. That can be taught. That can be worked on. That will be worked on. And from all accounts, absolutely, Daniel Jones is a hard worker. He's a smart guy. He will get this figured out. People forget how bad Eli Manning was with the exact same problem. Early in his career, he fumbled like nobody's business in the pocket. That can be fixed. It will be worked on. What you can't fix is that Daniel Jones consistently can make throws in the tight windows. He's fearless with the ball. He know he knows where he wants to go with the ball, and he goes there. The first touchdown. I'm gonna let me skip ahead a little on you, Justin. So that 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 drive you're talking about ends in uh, a touchdown pass to Darius Slayton across the middle of the field. That was a tight, tight window. There were four guys, two on each side. That was a very tight window, a very difficult throw. And it took a long time because he wanted Red Ellison coming across the middle of the field, and it wasn't there. He looked off of it, gets Darius Slayton, and fires the ball in there. That can't be taught. That just ability to put the ball in a spot that you want it, that can't be taught. Ball security can be worked on. So... As an all-around, you know, this will be a theme as we go along in this episode. All-around, Daniel Jones stepped forward today. And, and I think we're seeing more step-forwards right now than we're seeing step-backwards. Yeah. That silver lining. 
Yeah, there was there was one point in the game where Bob Papa pointed out that the Giants were 60% from third and longs, like third and nine or third and seven and longer, that they were almost 60% of converting from those long third downs. And that's where you really, I mean, not that's that's not even just a 2019 Giants thing. It's it's just a every year every year football thing where you just don't want to be in situations where you're facing third and long. Um, so that's not that's a really no shit Sherlock kind of statement. He hit that 11 yard pass to Benny Fowler on the sideline. Had a 31 yard pass to Red Ellison, which actually the big topic point of this drive. If the Giants don't score a touchdown, is on that Red Ellison play. Benny Fowler was wide open. If you look one level in front of Ellison or one level behind Ellison on that play, you had Fowler wide open. He would have walked in for a touchdown. So that's that's something to keep an eye on. But that play, that's kind of like one of those, like it's like the multi-layer, it's like the layer play action rollout. Right, that, that Carl Banks roasted me for on Twitter this week. Yes, he did. But that play... Now that's that's the problem. That's, that's, a, that's a problem in, in my brain. That play has a has a very, very clear... Number one read, and the number one read is that underneath, is that underneath tight end. So I get your point, but I think it's I think that might be one of those where you look at it and you say, armchair quarterback. I'm not calling you that, Justin. You know that, but yeah, it's easy to say, oh, that guy was more open than this guy. There's a very very clear progression, and if that one progression is there, you're going there. And I was happy to see that play work because when they. When they motioned Benny Fowler over to, you know that that little spot in between uh, behind the tight end and the guard and the tackle, that I believe we've run out of that probably ninety five percent of the time. So when they when they pulled over Benny Fowler and he was standing there, I'm thinking, okay, this is gonna be a run right up the middle. We're gonna be looking. We're gonna be staring at the face of you know, uh, second and second and eleven. And then the little play action roll that was beautiful. That was probably that was yeah. probably the most creative play of the day for Pat Shermer. No, I would I would actually venture to say um the the golden tate, the second golden tate touchdown. I would vent that's that's what I would venture to say, but we will get to that. We will get to that. Also, by the way, on that on that touchdown, that first touchdown that we're talking about right now, Nick Gates held his own one on one on the right side beautifully. So Solder was still in the game at that point. Um, Pulley, I believe, was working on a double team with one of the guards. But Nick Gates had to hold his own on that right side of the offensive line, and he and he was part of the reason why Daniel Jones had so much time to throw the ball there. So good job by Nick Gates. I actually, you didn't hear Gates' name said, and sometimes as an offensive lineman, the cliche thing is, oh, if you don't hear a guy's name called for a holding call or giving up a bad sack, then that's a good thing. I don't think you heard his name called for anything bad. And I was just rewatching that touchdown, and he really, really good job blocking, really, really good leverage, really, really good footwork, which at least his footwork and his leverage is two of the things that popped out in my brain when looking back at him in the preseason. So we, we're moving on to the second quarter. Um, the Jets, we force a punt, and then we bring a really, really good blitz that allow, that ends in a Marcus Golden sack. James Betcher at points, you really do see it in glimpses where he is very, very aggressive. And you saw it a lot of times during this football game, David, where I'm thinking of in particular, there was a blitz where Alec Ogletree yes. timed, timed the snap perfectly 
perfectly. And I believe we brought six guys, seven, maybe even seven guys on a blitz, and it ended in a Jabril Peppers quarterback hit and a bad Sam Darnold throw. So it wasn't that same drive, but Marcus Golden get, gets yet another sack. He was a free rusher coming off the right side because James Betcher brought so many guys on a blitz, and he was a free rusher, got the hit on, got the sack and Marcus, on and- Sam Darnold. Giants get the ball back. And yeah. I'm just to interrupt, Marcus Golden just continues to be, they said it on the broadcast today, and I completely agreed with it. I believe Pat Shermer said Marcus Golden's been the best player on the, on the defense, and I could not agree more. He's been really, really fantastic. I mean, today, let's see, um, two tackles for loss, a sack, four tack or two tackles, two assisted. I mean, he just continues to make plays. And I think when you're coming when you were coming into the season, you weren't really sure where that defensive line production was going to come from. Marcus Golden's answered those questions without a shadow of a doubt because Lorenzo Carter's been a ghost and BJ Hill's been a bit of a ghost. Really, defensively today, it was all about Marcus Golden and Dalvin Tomlinson. Oh, Leonard Williams, too. Leonard Williams had a hell of a game. Yes, those three guys really had an excellent game. And Marcus Golden, just week in and week out, continues to make plays. And I I hope, I really, really hope that they can manage to find a way to sign him on a bit longer term. Because I, I fear for how much he's going to demand this upcoming offseason, and I hope I hope we can retain him. Yeah. All right, so yeah, the Giants get the ball back. Uh, it eventually winds up with a touchdown, but during this drive, you, had a, you have a third and seven, eight-yard pass to Darius Slayton, so Daniel Jones once again is able to move the chains on a third and long. Then eventually you get to a point where you're at a fourth down, you're at a fourth and four. Giants go for it, and Darius Slayton takes a 39-yard slant to the house. He has a really, really good move um, that really breaks a Jets defender's ankles, and for pretty much one of the first times, at least in the open field, with the ball in Darius Slayton's hands, he got a chance to see the game-breaking speed, and and we're having a lot of fun. At this point, it's thirteen to fourteen, where we have a um, oh, once again, what what actually? I David, say some things if you have some thoughts on the Darius Slayton touchdown, and then I actually want to look and see what happened on this extra point attempt. I, I actually I wanted to I wanted to mention uh, Rosas for a second, but it was a low it was a low snap. They need to get Daniel Jones the opportunity to throw more slants. Just quick slant routes. Call it the Odell Beckham offense. But they've got guys who are really, really dangerous with a slant route. I mean, you saw it today with Darius Slayton. Golden Tate has been has been good in that role. We've seen that connection a couple of times between Tate and Tate and Jones. Um Shepard's good, you know, Shepard fearless going across the middle. It's just it's such an effective play, and all three of those wide receivers, their calling card is their quickness. So you have to imagine, David. I'm hesitant. I'm hesitant around that because there, it was so strange today how the Jets were like lining up on defense. And this might not be strange. This might just be the first time that I'm actually noticing it. But there was not a lot of like deep safeties for the Jets today. Their linebackers were playing back from the defensive line where there was a lot of separation between your front four and then your two interior linebackers, you know, if you're if you're lining up a nickel like most NFL defenses do, and then the safeties were very very close to the linebackers. So I don't know if cuz th- what what that's a product of David is I think it's a product of just not respecting the run game. Right. 
they're daring you to run the ball. If they're just going to have four guys and then you have your two interior linebackers and safeties that are kind of just further back, they're not respecting your ability to throw deep and they're not respecting your ability to run the ball. So having those slant patterns, David, even though you could have cornerbacks that are lining deep off the line of scrimmage, if you run a slant towards the middle of the field, you're asking for your wide receiver to get his head taken well, off. Well, I'm also talking in in broader strokes because this is this has been something that I've been calling for all year. The Giants have just, and I think what you just said is a culmination of kind of is is kind of how I feel and why I'm so frustrated by Pat, is why I'm frustrated by Pat Shermer. There's no easy fix. <laughs> You've got guys on your team who can make plays. Do you agree with me? It, it's you have guys on your offense that can make plays. Just it's, it's a yes or no. This week, no. I would venture to disagree, considering you have two t- you have two wide receivers who had two touchdowns I mean, each. If you don't have a healthy Saquon Barkley, what what do you what do you, you want? Ha- you, they clearly had guys on the, on the offense that could make plays today, and they did. Darius Slayton had ten catches. Golden Tate had two touchdowns. They had guys on the field that can make plays, but they don't have to be the kind of plays that. They're, you know, I think Pat Shermer goes into a game and he looks at what's supposed to happen. Call the damn game based on what you see and call the game based on what the defense is allowing you. Now, I think, Justin, that's to your point. Maybe the Jets are are doing what they can to take that away from you. But there have been a lot of times this year where you have to imagine shorter routes, quicker, quicker moving routes, get the ball out of Jones' hands faster. As the game goes on and the protection for Jones gets worse and worse. Get the ball out of his hands. This is the same thing I was saying last week about Dallas. Get the ball out of his hands. You have guys that can run a slant pattern. Run a slant pattern. But they don't do it. They, they We're still trying to play action when we have one yard rushing. At that point, throw your bad game plan out the window. And coach to what you see. But Pat Shermer consistently does not do that. There is a way he wants to do this, and that way is often losing us football games. Now, I also want to make a comment on, I know you're about to get into the missed extra point, and this is now becoming a dangerous theme with this team. This is three straight games missing an extra point, and today he missed two. Well, the first one was a bad snap. One, like, that was just one a of them, terrible snap. One of, them was a, one of them was a 43-yarder. But that's my point, Justin. You know, this is this might be nitpicky, but I really don't think it is. Zach Diossi's been bad. I mean, he had a high he had a high snap on an extra point today, and then the low snap on the one where Riley Dixon threw the interception at the back of the end zone. And mind you, I, I can't exactly remember last week's, but going back two weeks to Detroit, the mixed missed extra point that Rosas had was a snap that it was on the ground. It was awful. It was a nice play by Riley Dixon to even get it to even get it set, but they didn't stand a chance with it. I can't I can't remember yes, la, uh, yesterday's last week's well enough to speak on it, but Diasi's not been good, and it's interesting because I think what was this the first the first training camp or the the first off season in years that there's been any competition for Zach Diasi. Yeah, yeah, this training camp. It was interesting that in the same training camp you've got. You had another guy who was vying for that position. There was a little bit more of a battle than we we're used to, and now Zach Diazzi is having a really a bad season. So I, I, you know, Rosas has to be better. Don't get me wrong, but Diazzi yeah. is not helping him. And 
I don't know how much people pay attention to the um, or even understand how important all three parts of the kicking game are from from snap to hold to kick. And a lot of times the kickers get the blame. But if you want an explanation as to why a bad snap or a bad hold is completely detrimental to a kicker and kind of leaves a kicker with no options, the often often comical, but in this case, very, very analytical and fascinating to listen to is Pat McAfee. He talks about it all the time, how important that that entire process is. So I would encourage you to go listen to him because he makes it very obvious why a bad snap or a bad hold basically screws the kicker before he even gets to the ball. So that's just my two cents on it. So right after that extra point, David um, missed extra point. Jets get the ball back. Um, force Giants defense forces a punt. They force a three and out. And then that's where you have Daniel Jones and this Giants offense going forward on fourth and inches after Rhett Ellison makes a pretty good effort on a third and six. Gets a five-yard gain. Makes a good effort. Again, Daniel Jones is working very well in third and intermediate, third and longs. And then it's just unfortunate that this uh, Giants offense can't get an inch. And I don't That's mind. We're at. I don't mind Pat Shermer's decision to go for it at all. That was actually one of my. I, I liked that decision at the time. I, I have no problem with it. Obviously, hindsight's twenty twenty. I guess I could say I would have preferred to see them give the ball to Saquon, but or or maybe do like a little fullback action. But I know that's a that's way too far in a concept for Pat Shermer. They've tried to do some penny penny well, fullback did, they dives. Did, they did one successfully last week. Um, so I was hoping maybe we'd see that, but once they came out, that you know, they, you know how they run up to the line, they do that like quick run up to the line. Once that happened, and as you saw the setup, you knew it was going to be Daniel Jones, and there was just no push at all. Um, but I, I don't mind the, I don't mind that decision. Yeah, Pulley is definitely much more of a technique center, and hey, I've been there. I've been there as an offensive lineman. Instead of, I had very good, very, very good technique. But when push came to shove, uh, I, I wasn't the most aggressive, aggressive guy. My footwork was on par. So I think maybe that's where, I mean, not that Jalapio is anything fantastic, but maybe that's where you want Jalapio there. I, I could I could care less. But what I want to get to is that, David, that basically marks the end of the first half and what, and it, what we're looking at. And it can't. That can't mark the end of the first half. When... That that um hold on. That fourth down play came with two minutes. That was after the two minute warning uh probably actually broke a lot of their momentum. I think they were gonna run up to the line and probably get that fourth quick. But the two minute warning happens, and that play happens at two minutes. So you've got about a minute and fifty-five from when the ball when you know when you turn the ball over to the end of the half. The Jets get the ball on the Giants 39. So you're you're staring at the face of three if you're lucky. As a Giants defense, you're you're looking at giving up three points if you're lucky. So what do the Giants defense do? Oh, that two-yard run. Incomplete. Three-yard run. Incomplete. For all of the noise about how bad the Giants defense is and how much they screw the team before they even get the bat at their shoulder. This defense, at that point, in theory, should completely break. And you should be looking at a two-score game going into half. They hold. And they did not. They force a long field goal that misses. You have a minute and 11 seconds left as the offense, with the ball at the 44. 
What and do what you does manage? Pat Shermer do? You manage a two-yard run with a minute and 25 seconds left at the 44. I get it. You got all three timeouts. Okay. I have no problem with running the ball because you've got a running back that when healthy can break anything at any time. I don't mind that play call. But but that was like right up the middle, David. Well, that was but, bizarre. But, but I mean, listen, Justin, at this point, I tweeted during the game that Pat Shermer's um, game plan when it comes to running the football, it's laughable how how just not an uninspired it is. It's just run up the middle, see what happens. I have a question for you. Yeah. Was it always this unimaginable? Or um, not unimaginable. Uninspired. Was it always this uncreative and uninspired or is it just the fact that Saquon Barkley was that good last year and he could just do things and now he can't well I yeah you're probably right there probably is part of it that it's just he's not able to do the same things he could last year but okay then you're Pat Shermer and you know that it's because it's painfully obvious at this point in the game it is painfully obvious Saquon is not capable of just taking a ball up the middle and hitting something so find a different way to get maybe get him in a little bit more space maybe you feel like he can't make the cuts in in tight holes like that so get him in space uh, i'm trying to remember who it was somebody on twitter responded to me if anything throw him a screen pass now i would disagree with well, that guess what first play of the second half david we ran that screen to saquon went right in the ground because the jets yeah. are able to just sniff out everything that we're doing like almost everything that we're doing, the Jets were able, and if it was anything unique or if it anything straight from the norm, it almost seemed like the Jets were able to just sniff it out and they knew it was coming before, help. even people in the seats knew that it was coming. Yes, absolutely. And I don't disagree with that. So I don't think a screen would have been the op- would have been the, the answer there. But, but yes, so, so that, that two-yard run is right up the middle. I don't mind running the ball. But if, if you're Pat Shermer, you need to, either in your own mind, or put in Daniel Jones' mind, if this play goes for X amount of yards, this is what we're doing. And when that play goes for two yards, and you have all three timeouts, and you have the ball at the 46 now, you take a timeout. You don't allow Daniel Jones to not get another playoff until the 57-second mark. When that play then becomes a four-yard out route to Darius Slayton. Because now... We're down to 33 seconds. You've managed six yards and you've wasted a minute. And that can't be on solely on Daniel Jones. Don't get me wrong. I don't think he's not comfortable in a two-minute offense yet. He's not good at it. They take too long. It takes too long to get the play translated to the receivers. That'll get better. But Pat Shermer just just allowed the timeouts to just sit in his pocket in a one-point game. When you get the ball at half... And you're seemingly 30 yards out of field goal range. That's what you come up with. Is a two-yard run, a four-yard pass, and a sack. That's on Pat Shermer. That's on uninspired play calling. That's on a, on a coach who, like you've pointed out multiple times, Justin, has absolutely zero game awareness, has zero clock management skills. It's situational awareness that continues to plague this team. The team has offensive players. They're being held back. So, no, the, the, the half does not just end the turnover on downs because that is a crucial port, port, part of this game. Giants defense makes a stand. 
like they had on the previous defensive drive. And the Giants managed a whole seven plays after two three and outs. So I'm 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 really, really sick of the Oh, this Giants defense is terrible. The Giants offense is just as bad for large portions of the game with Pat Shermer at the helm, and it's Pat Shermer's fault. We're we're so far into this, and this is kind of like my main point. For today, the defense had an opportunity today to really capitalize on what is a piss-poor Jets team. They didn't. The Giants' offense had every excuse in the world with an unhealthy Saquon with at you know for most of the game missing 3 out of their 5 starting offensive linemen. They had every excuse to not put points on the board. Yet they did. And they scored and they scored a decent they scored a lot of points. Daniel Jones had some Bad moments with missing some guys that are down the field, not checking the ball down, sure. But Daniel Jones looked great. He kept his football team in games. Third and longs, he was clutch. Got his ball to his playmakers in space. This Giants defense, however, and I just always have to point to the start of the game. Because, David, I think from second quarter, third quarter on, basically until that Golden Tate 15-yard touchdown in the third quarter, Defense was in between those points. Defense was fantastic. Defense was great. You saw James Betcher having elaborate blitzes. You saw that they were being aggressive, and you saw that they were getting helping the helping the team, helping the offense get back on the field. So the Giants offense had every reason to just give up and not do well. So that's where I that's where I hand it off to but you, I, and then maybe we'll get we'll get into the second half. We'll get into the second half a little bit. But here I too. started, but I but, started by saying, you know, I started the episode by saying the defense didn't play well. I'm not saying I, I I completely understand that, and I agree with it. They did not have a good game. It was probably it 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 reverted close back to weeks one and two, but again for stretches they were they were good. They were very good. And and I know that this is probably skipping ahead. I know you want to go drive by drive, but just a little foreshadowing. We're not we're not going to go drive okay. by drive. We have no time. We do not have enough time to, to okay. continue going drive by drive. We'll talk about a few individual plays. All right, but David, let me ask you this. Gun to your head. You put this game more on Pat Shermer or you put this game more on James Betcher? Gun to my head? There's a gun to my head? Gun to your head. Which honestly, that's a terrible. That's a which honestly, David, that's a terrible question because of the fact that the Giants' defense. I don't know how many people know this. The Giants' defense. The Giants have allocated the least amount of cap space on the defensive side of the ball compared to any team in the NFL. Did you know that? I think I've heard it before. Yeah, that's that's been a point that Dan Schneier's had for a few weeks now. But I thought that this may be the perfect week to actually publicly say it on here, just in case our listeners don't don't know that. <laughs> we have that aspect of things. So, so, so that's a yeah, terrible I mean, question. That's a terrible question to ask <laughs> for Pat Shermer, who is missing so many of his pieces on offense, and then James Betcher, who's dealing with such inadequacy on defense, led by Alec Ogletree and Antoine Bethea. The point is, Justin, on this podcast, you and I are very public about saying how bad Alec Ogletree is, saying how bad Grant Haley is. I mean, you like Grant Haley in the run game, but you agree that he can't cover anything. Right. Hence why he hasn't been on the football field. Antoine Bethea has been terrible. Would you agree? Yes. Um, you agree that we, we are lacking impact defensive players. Really at every level, maybe except for D-line. D-line, they've got impact guys who are playing at a fairly high level. 
So it's very hard to have that stance and then also say that these losses, you know, week after week are on that, you know, the defensive coordinator. When we're very open about saying this team has bad players on the defense, well, someone's got to coach them. Someone's got to coordinate something to see if they can, you know, to see if they can play at a higher level than they're really capable of. And the answer is no. They can't play higher at a higher level than they are. Alec Ogletree had probably one of his better games of the year, and he still sucked. He was still caught in coverage on, I think, two of the Jets' touchdowns. You know, you can argue that Alec Ogletree took a bad angle on one of the Jets' touchdowns. And again, it was a, cro- it was a crossing route. It was a crossing pattern. It's a crossing route. That's, that's what this Giants defense, it's one of the main big things that they allow. Took a bad angle. And you can also argue that why should a linebacker with bad coverage skills be out there covering speedy wide receivers to begin with? So there, so that's a coaching thing. Yes, I but agree. Also, but also personnel, because it's who we have. But what's also <laughs> interesting is, but you also in, what's interesting is you notice how um, who offensive coordinator is, is Adam Gase the play caller for the Jets? He is, right? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I Fucking, think he is. He's, he's terrible, too. He is terrible. He's awful. But you, you, you complain about the fact that you get, you know, speed receivers on corners who aren't capable of covering speed receivers. Who does that fall on? Who, 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 who is tasked with offensively creating mismatches? It's the offensive play caller. Why does it seem to me that Pat Shermer is never capable of getting, say, Darius Slayton on a known target? On someone we want to target. He did today. I, David, he did today. He did. He he, he did. And You're and about it, to say it, a but. You are about to say a but, which delegitimizes your argument. But the team is 2-8. and eight. Why Why do we wait until week 10, week 11? We are talk- oh, David, 10, we are yeah. talking about this game today. We are talking about this game right now. We had every opportunity with within the last however many weeks to shit on Pat Shermer, which, David, nobody is absolved from anything. Nobody is absolved from anything, and maybe we should have started this conversation earlier in the show, but I don't really fucking care. Nobody is absolved from anything out of any of this. Nobody is. But the fact that the fact of the matter is, today, for today's game, gun to your head, this defensive side of the ball and James Betcher, for who they were going up against, deserve way more blame and way more of the brunt of the force than this offense does. This offense today had every reason to not perform the way that they did. And yet they came out and they performed and they, at least up until that second Golden Tate touchdown, which it was very, very good play design on behalf of Pat Shermer, where it was almost basically a pick play was run without it actually being a pick play. Benny Fowler makes no contact with really any, any defender at all. But Golden Tate kind of slips under Benny Fowler, and I think Fowler might have been a quote-unquote slot receiver there. Slips right under him. Very good play design. You get Golden Tate in space, he's able to walk right into the end zone. But Good play yes, design. Yes, right there. I agree with you. But you can't say that the defense, allowed, the defense owns so much more of the blame because the offense played well up until the five-minute mark in the third quarter. That's not an argument. That's an excuse because when offensive drives following that Golden Tate touchdown, three plays, punt, six plays, punt, six plays, punt, three plays, punt, three plays, fumble. That was the lateral fumble at the end of the game. 
So from the five-minute mark on, the Giants managed what? What is that? I'm bad at math. That's that's 15 plays? That was bad. Taking up a grand total of doing a rough look at it, taking up a grand total of five minutes? Yes, in, in following that touchdown, the Giants gave up a field goal, which made it 27-24, so Giants still have the lead. The defense did their job. They held the lead. It's 27-24. You then go three plays, negative eight yards for 49 seconds. And then we're surprised when a bad, when an understandably bad defense, we know this. We know they are missing players. They are missing pieces to make them a productive defense. You hand the opposing offense the ball at the 37 yard at, at their own 30 at their own 30. Well, that drive was also was bullshit because that DeAndre Baker it, was not pass interference. It was not fucking I I got so mad, David. So mad. Overall, I think the refs were fine today. That was a that was a terrible call and it and it cost them a touchdown. Now it's 31-27. That's a game-altering call. For the remainder of the fourth quarter, your offense managed nothing. For the entire fourth quarter, your, your offense manages nothing, and the defense gives up a field goal. And I'm supposed to believe that this is really so, so much on the defense. I get they gave up, they gave up 27 points because seven came on a fumble. So I understand they gave up 27 points to a bad offense. But if we're looking at the game, you just pointed out we're looking at today's game. Then we analyze each game between between the first and fourth quarter. I'm not looking at their their stats coming in. I can't. If we're looking at the game, who put the Giants in a better position to win? For as bad as the defense was for a large for for parts of the game, they were very good for more of it. And for and in in the areas that they needed to be good, they were good. I don't understand how you're not wrapping your head around the fact that what this Giants offense does not have and the fact that they played to the level that they did play is exceptional. Did I, I never said it wasn't. I never said that they didn't play well. I think the saddest part I think the saddest part of the entire game is that they got outplayed by a bad football team. Oh yeah, absolutely. The Jets just the Jets played a better football game because honestly, like I've like I've said already, the defense didn't play well. Let please, if, if we need to make this the headline of the episode, the defense didn't play well. David just said the defense didn't play well. The offense did play well. I still put more blame on the offense. Because of the situational football. And when the defense had to make plays, they made plays. When the defense needed to be good in the middle of the game, when the Giants started to take, take over, they took the momentum, took the lead. The defense was playing well. That's the only reason they ran, they were able to get back in the football game. At the end of the second, at the end of the first half, the Jet, the Giants' defense was playing at a high level, and the Giants' offense was not scoring. And at the end of the game, throughout the entire fourth quarter, the Jet, the Giants' defense was playing at a high level, and the Giants' offense couldn't score. It's about crunch time football, and in crunch time football, Pat Shermer is not. Putting forward an offense that gives me any reason to believe they're going to score. Whereas the Giants defense makes plays. When they need plays, they get plays. And the offense does not back it up. I don't care if if 
85% of the people who listen to this wholeheartedly disagree with me, come at me with all the smoke. I 100% believe in that take. If James Betcher is fired, if he ends up being the scapegoat for this team, for Pat Shermer's inadequacy as a play caller and a head coach, he is going to be hired by another football team and he is going to lead a at least top 10 defense. Where did people want where did people want Pat Shermer to go for it on fourth down towards the end of the game? Um, like that's just a stupid it it I believe um when the Giants were on their own like three yard line and it was fourth and twenty. And then there was a one then there was I, I, one where we were where we were at fourth and fifteen from the Giants yeah. twenty five. <laughs> and then to start the fourth quarter, it was four okay, no, this is where. To start the fourth quarter, it was fourth and two from our own forty four yard line. Yes, and we yes, punted. Yes, yes. And, we and I actually, I actually did say, if you went for the one earlier, you need to go for this one too. I said now, it to myself. I didn't mind it. I did not mind it. The punt? I didn't mind the punt. I, I see both sides of the coin. I personally would have gone for it after you went for the first one. But after you went for the first one and didn't get it, I'd be a little right. more hesitant probably. So I get it. Right. Um, Andrew, shout out Andrew Owens. He, he DM'd me said, why wouldn't you go for it? I, why, why didn't you go for it? Because the odds of you know converting a fourth and, fourth and two – are extremely high. Well, I'm like, well, the odds for converting a fourth and inches are also extremely high, and we didn't get that. So the defense was playing well enough at that point where I was totally fine with putting them on their own seven-yard line and just you know dealing with it that way and trying to win a field possession field, field position game. And instead, you know, we allowed a a four-minute drive that you know and only ended up being a field goal. So the Giants' offense, you know, like David to David's point, Giants' offense had you know two other drives to before it was too late to get their shit together and try to try to score. Um, so David, that that's the game. My last point about the game itself. I have a question for you. I want to get your opinion. Sure. Um, next to last jets possession um, starts at the four fifty mark in the fourth quarter. It was on this possession that Pat Shermer uses his uses all three timeouts. I yes. completely disagree with it. I would have waited. What do you make of it? I liked his timeout. Um, the way that he dealt with timeouts in the first half, where he kind of called them a little bit earlier. And then in the second half, I I guess that's where it's... Honestly, David, like in the second half, I didn't think it fucking mattered because I knew that when if the team was going to get the ball back, I knew they weren't going anywhere anyway. That's a problem. That's a big problem. That That is, that is a problem. That is a problem. But I knew they weren't going anywhere anyway because of the personnel that they had and the fact that you you couldn't rely on anybody besides Golden Tate or Darius Slayton to make a play for you. You couldn't. So that's not Shermer's problem. That's a team problem. No, no, it is Shermer's problem. That is the reason why you have a play caller. That's the reason why you have coaches. If we want someone to fix this, who's tasked with fixing it? In the middle of the season, who's tasked with fixing these problems? Who's tasked with calling plays to, you know, understanding what your personnel is and understanding what you can do and understanding what the defense is giving you? Pat Shermer's been doing this for a while. David, underst- understanding your personnel, but you're missing three of your five starting offensive linemen who haven't been performing well anyway. You have Darius Slayton, who's a fucking... People act like Darius Slayton's the next fucking coming of Odo Beckham Jr. Darius Slayton was a fucking sixth-round draft pick. Sixth round! Because he couldn't catch the ball out of college. And what's he been... What, and the only, and the only, what has he shown you? 
He's shown you that he could be a very good wide receiver. That, and that's to your point. But the fact that, oh my God. They used like, Darius Slayton correctly. What this, what this Giants offense is working with is not good. And the fact that they were able to squeeze out 27 points should be celebrated. Was not a complete game. Did they win? No, I literally just said it was not a complete game. Then we don't then we don't celebrate anything. You can't say. Well, you celebrate Daniel Jones. I because really that's if yeah. there is one ta- and that Fine. and that's on us. That's and that's on and that's on us and that's on this podcast. The fact that we have gone for for so long. Um, and we we've acknowledged so many other shitty parts about this football team, and we've argued it till the cows come home, but yet we haven't really dissected and analyzed Daniel Jones. I think we did today. I think we really did today. Where we, you know, we talked about his good decision making. We talked about his ability on third down to really make some clutch plays. But we also talked about how he missed some guys down open on the field. He did miss guys. Um, he did try to force the ball to wide receivers when he had routes underneath open, and that's an ongoing problem that he is working with and that he's working through. David talked about his ball security, um, so that's on us that we haven't talked enough about Daniel Jones. I think I think we did today because honestly, I don't want to waste my time talking about the shitty parts about this football team that we know for a fact are not going to be here in 2020. I don't want to waste my time talking about it. I don't. I really don't. So that's, so that David, that's my last point. Um, do you have any kind of final thoughts? Uh, I don't think so. I've, I've lost everything. You've lost everything. I mean, I mean Pat Sharmer's bad. He just is. I get 27 points against you know against a defense that they're the only strength of their defense is their run defense and we saw that uh, full throttle today. But I get with what you've got, 27 points is impressive. But again, as the game goes on, you need to be able to adjust. And for me, it's all about adjustments. That that's where he struggles. The fact that we managed 27 points with this offense is good. But you can't get to 27 and say, well. We did about as good as you could have expected. No, I expect a win against a bad defense. I expect you to be able to continue putting forward productive drives, even if you're lacking your weapons. Find find something. Figure something out. Try something different. Don't just keep doing the exact same thing over and over again, waiting for it to suddenly work, when clearly the opposing defense has made an adjustment. And and out of nowhere now, Daniel Jones can't sit in the pocket. There there's Lyman on him all day. You know, in the entire second half, he's getting pressured. Something clearly changed with the Jets' defense schematically. David, it it doesn't help when you blink and your defense allows two touchdowns to start the game. Doesn't help. I never said it did. You can say all these different things about, oh, Shermer, Shermer needs to adjust and Shermer blah, 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 blah. doesn't help that when you blink and it's every single week, David, every single week, probably since probably besides the Cowboy game. Every single week you blink and this team is down by multiple scores because the defense at least allows if it's not because of a turnover, the defense allows one big drive to start the game. I doesn't I agree help. with you, but it that's not the end all of All around, all around it has to be better. So we're go so now we're going in circles. All around it has to be better. And we we can both agree on that. Yes. And we can both absolutely agree on that. But I just think 
what people are freaking out about needs to be a little bit different. All right, so uh, keep on bleeding blue. Keep on bleeding blue. Uh, David and I love each other. This is the most heated that we've gotten in a while, David. In a long time, probably since we were having the Eli debates. Yeah, and who was right about that? Well, considering we we have two wins, I don't know. Mm, good point. Just kidding. I love, good I love point. Daniel Jones. Yeah, I, uh, we we love Daniel Jones. He performed a little bit better today. Thank God we have a the bye over, week. The overall trajectory of the team is still positive. Thank God we have a bye week. Uh, we'll be doing some fun things uh, over the bye week, and uh, that'll be fun. We'll be doing it maybe with some uh, with some fun with some fun other people and friends. Um, but uh, keep on bleeding blue. And David, guys, it's getting hard to stay beautiful. But if there's anybody out there that can stay beautiful, it's you. <laughs>